grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up with the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Royal community, we want to start today's episode by acknowledging what's been happening in Israel over the past two weeks. Our hearts go out to everybody who's affected, including all of our Royal Community members who have reached out to us on Instagram. We hope you all stay safe and know that you're in our thoughts. We know that this is a sensitive topic, so we want to let you know that we will be talking about the Royal Family's responses to the Israel conflicts in the Royal News section. Please feel free to enjoy some light-hearted entertainment in the Royal Roundup and leave out the Royal News section later if it feels too much. It's been a heavy week, Shell, hasn't it? It has been a heavy week and yeah, like Rachel said, our hearts go out to all of you who have been affected. It's absolutely heartbreaking. So sending you lots of love. We're going to kind of move on through to the lighthearted entertainment bit now, Rachel. Get our spirits up a little bit. We had a lovely voice note from April Braun this week over on Instagram. Remember, Royal Community, you can send us your thoughts on any of the discussions we talk about over on Instagram, keeping up with the Windsor's pods, and we will play it in our episode. So, so here we go. April is chatting about what we were discussing about World Mental Health Day last week. Greetings, this is April Prelby, and I just completed listening to your most recent podcast. I have to agree wholeheartedly with both of you. Sometimes for me, I find it necessary to write things down just to make myself feel better, to put it in black and white. I don't pull it up. I read it later. I may never know where it happens to it. But I've never thought about leaving myself a voice note. That is a brilliant idea. Thanks for that. And thanks for all that you do. Your podcasts are so good. Every single one. Oh, that's so nice. And (laughs) it's interesting, isn't it? Because everyone has their own different ways of tackling mental health. And obviously I was saying about the voice note thing. Give it a go and tell us how you get on with it. Yeah, because William was giving us some mental health tips last week. So we kind of shared a few of our own, didn't we, Rach? Absolutely. Yeah. Now we had some amazing reviews on Apple and on Spotify. And I just want to say thank you so much. We are jam-packed with info this week. So we will keep them for next week. Remember to get in your podcasting reviews. Five stars, please. Anywhere you get your podcast, leave us a review and let us know what you're thinking of the episodes. Right, Rach, let's head into the Royal Roundup for this week. Let's do it. Happy fifth wedding anniversary to Eugenie and Jack. This blew my mind. I can't believe it's been five years. Five years. Eugenie posted a reel on her Instagram showing never before seen footage of their wedding day, which was absolutely lovely. And it finished with a lovely family photo. I just absolutely loved this. It was little snippets of the videographer footage, wasn't it? It was special. I really liked that. It kind of reminded me of the behind the scenes that we got of the coronation William and Catherine posted on their Instagram. We love a behind the scenes. Royal community, (laughs) we need more of these. We've got some royal birthdays this week. Sarah Duchess of York turned 64 and Mike Tyndall turned 45. So happy birthday to both of those. Happy birthday. Yeah. 
Last week we spoke about The Crown. It's coming, Shell. It's, it's coming. coming. And there were some new pictures released this week from season six. So we had one of Diana with William and Harry, Charles with William and Harry, Diana on Mohammed Alfaya's yacht, that iconic shot of her, Diana and Dodie in a car, and solo images of Mohammed Alfayed, Amanda Staunton portraying Queen Elizabeth II, and Dodie Alfayed. Now, as we know, Royal Community, this is going to be released in two parts. The first part on the 16th of November and then the second part on the 14th of December. I think you mentioned to me, Rach, that Elizabeth to Becky really did look like Diana in that picture with William and Harry. Oh my gosh, so much like her. And I actually saw another photo the other day of another iconic shot of Diana when she was walking through those mines. Yeah. And that was only a few weeks before she actually passed away, wasn't it? Mm. Iconic shots. Absolutely iconic. Blow me down with a feather. The Duke <laughs> and Duchess of Gloucester made the socials this week. <laughs> Woohoo! I know. Their Royal Highnesses were in Northern Ireland on a number of occasions. Richard, I hate calling him Richard, it feels weird. The Duke of Gloucester headed to Northern Ireland's Public Records Office celebrating its 100th anniversary. And we won't go into massive detail here, but there was lots and lots of things that he saw there that was just spectacular he saw an artifact from the 13th century like amazing oh, wow <laughs> yeah brigitte hey calling her brigitte but we'll go with it <laughs> visited the fishing community of khalil harbour my apologies if i've incorrectly pronounced that northern ireland's oldest and largest fishing fleet and also she visited northern ireland opera watching a working rehearsal session so i loved it we just had a, a photo carousel maybe next time we'll get some reels i doubt it but <laughs> fingers crossed that it's gonna happen um shell your favorite hobnob yay bring it on she's been in india but who knew because the royal socials are the posted anything about it we did. We had to dig this out. So where did we find this information? <laughs> so the Princess Royal has been in Mumbai and she was there for the first day of the 141st International Olympics Committee session. She was there in her role as chairman of Members Election Commission and member of the IOC. Yeah, so, um, you know, that silver medal went quite far for Anne. We love her. <laughs> she get a silver medal? Yeah. I'm no, thinking, did she get no, gold? No, I don't remember. She isn't, she, no, she didn't get a medal. She's just an Olympian. She's been to the Olympics. <laughs> it's Sarah that got silver. But she did win Sports Personality of the Year, didn't she? Of course she did. Of course she did. She's amazing. So, yeah, who knows what she'll be up to next. I'm sure the Royal Socials will not tell us. So let's move <laughs> on. Again, I dug this out from Instagram Rage. I found this on the Instagram page of Oscar Foundation, which is a patronage of the Duchess of Edinburgh. She visited Bradfield College this week and in the Instagram post from Oscar Foundation, they said, our children had the pleasure of meeting our royal patron, HRH, the Duchess of Edinburgh, GCVO, for a special dinner at Bradfield College. We are grateful for her constant support and thank her for inspiring our bright minds. We hope to have the pleasure of hosting HRH in Mumbai soon at the Royal Family. Now, the Oscar Foundation is a non-profit organisation supporting the education of children in the most deprived communities in India. And a couple of months ago, and again, I didn't know this, but because of this, I did a little bit of research. And Sophie actually attended their first ever fundraising ball in London four months ago. And Royal Community, find a picture on it, just Google it. She looked ravishing in what she was wearing. It was amazing. So... 
Again, we had to dig this out. I feel like at the moment, the Royal Socials, and I know we always give them, you know, crap for it, but I think they're just one week behind everything. So I Mm. remember last time we spoke about them not talking about the Duke of Edinburgh. And then the week after they were talking about the Duke of Edinburgh. So I think, to be honest, we're just ahead of the curve. But we've always said that, haven't we, Rach? Why aren't they on the forefront of giving that news? I think they honestly need a fresh pair of eyes to look at their social accounts. I really do. I think it's got to do with the Royal Rota. They let the Royal Rota have the limelight and then they post it. That's mm. what I think. I mean, that is a speculation. I don't know whether that's true or not. But, you know, the content they're giving us is good. It's just when they're giving the content now needs to change slightly. Yeah, absolutely. Shell, I was absolutely gutted this week. You were gutted about this. I was gutted. William, Prince William, was in Milton Keynes in my hometown. He was yeah. 10 minutes down the road from where I live. But I was working away. You were on a work trip, wasn't you? Oh, I, I was, was gutted for you. And if I knew as well, we could have done the whole the King thing when he came to Milton yeah. Keynes. Yeah. Oh, Royal community. William was in Milton Keynes carrying on from engagements that we missed last week when we were talking about mental health. He was in Milton Keynes Blue Light Hub to highlight mental health support for emergency workers. William met with young people who have recently joined emergency and search and rescue services to hear about the challenges that they face. Yeah, I really enjoyed this engagement. He spent a lot of time talking very in depth with people in the emergency services and listening to them. And when I was watching William in this engagement, what really struck me is the fact that he was a first responder as a helicopter pilot. So he knows, obviously not their job in particular, that's a different role, but he's been there. He understands that you go from one thing to another and then you have to somehow just perk yourself up and get ready mentally for the next job. But what I loved about it is he never really brought himself into it. You could tell that there was just this deep knowing and he Mm -hmm. allowed them to tell their stories, which sometimes is quite hard because you just want to jump in and kind of go, actually... That happened to me and whatever. But William was just amazing on, on this engagement. And I think it was very important for them to feel heard as well as first responders. Yeah, absolutely. And we also saw William and Catherine attending a mental fitness workshop run by SportsAid, which is a patronage of Catherine's. And they took part in a discussion which included Sir Matthew Pinson, a four-time Olympic gold medalist and a SportsAid trustee. They heard from parents and guardians talking about their concerns for their children's mental health and well-being. And we also saw them shoot some hoops. And then they played some goalball, which is a Paralympic sport for the visually impaired. This was a fun engagement. And not for the faint of heart. Goalball, I'd be rubbish at it. It's so skillful, isn't it? It truly is. But I think we all love these joint engagements, don't we? Yeah. Again, you can see the kind of sporty side coming out in both of them and their competitiveness. You can see that in both of them. To be honest, I think Catherine was a bit annoyed that she didn't miss a few hoops. <laughs> she was like, come on. Catherine, oh. you can't be good at everything, girl. <laughs> I know. Leave something for us, please. <laughs> Rach, we're moving on. We've got another engagement for William, but he was accepting a Blue Peter badge in recognition for the Earthshot Prize. Now, Blue Peter is a staple for UK children's TV viewing has been running for the past 65 years. It isn't the first time we've mentioned Blue Peter on here. Rach, you said about your dad getting a Blue Peter badge, right? Yeah, peeling some potatoes on TV. (laughs) I love it. Absolutely love it. (laughs) And the King and the Queen accepted a gold Blue Peter badge about five months ago. Remember when they went to the Eurovision that was being held in Liverpool? Yeah. And they were having a look, they pressed the buttons and they and all the lights went on. Oh, the stage, and, yeah. Yeah, and they were um, awarded their gold Blue Peter badge on the stage of the Eurovision. So 
Yeah, it's a bit of a running theme, Blue Peter. But I have to say, Rach, I would love a Blue Peter badge. Absolutely love one. I really would. What are you going to do to get a Blue Peter badge? Well, go, well, pretend to be 13 and go in free to all the museums <laughs> in the UK, whatever the exhibitions they've got. Blue Peter badge gets you into lots and lots of places free as a kid. So that's the reason they're very highly sought after, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And it is such a staple, Blue Peter, watching it. It was like the thing that you used to watch when you got home from school, wasn't it? Yeah. Royal Community, just to give you a little heads up, it started raining here where I'm living. And um, if you can hear a little bit of pitter-patter, it's the rain in the background. But So uh, moving on. Shell, we have got an announcement of another state visit. Can you believe this? Bring on the state visits. We need them. <laughs> the King and Queen Camilla will undertake a state visit to Kenya. How many times have we said it needs to be a Commonwealth country? Yeah. And somebody's listen. Not that they're listening to <laughs> you us. You never know. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> the visit which is happening between 31st of October to the 3rd of November is to coincide with the 60th anniversary of Kenya's independence. Now, during the visit, they will visit Nairobi, Mombasa and the surrounding areas and will meet President Ruto and the First Lady, as well as members of the government, faith leaders, UN staff and Kenyan Marines training with the UK Royal Marines. And the King has gone on three official engagements to Kenya, with the last being in 1987. So this is definitely G, wasn't it? I was going to say, you better get over there pronto. 1987, come on. Rachel, we've been talking about the Rugby World Cup recently, right? And lots of royals have been back and forth. But this week, Prince George joined William for the Wales versus Argentina Rugby World Cup at the quarterfinals. Now, Wales lost Royal Community. I'm not bitter. I don't particularly care about sports. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. But what was lovely is George, as we were expecting, matched his dad with that red tie and navy suits. Um, and after the match, also, George and William met the players. Now, I would actually say, Rach, George was very conversational at this point, wasn't he? Which is very different to what we've seen before. So you can tell he's a lot older getting more confident in these engagements. And he met officials and also, Rachel, a little thing as well, Royal Community, have to tell you, we heard the next day from Catherine, who was also attending the Rugby World Cup, but at the England versus Fuji game, obviously she's patron of England's rugby and whatever it is, isn't it? What's it called? <laughs> whatever it is. Royal Community, I'm so bad. What's it called? The England Rugby and Football Union. Um, yeah, maybe so, leave that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In her capacity as patron, she actually mentioned that George enjoyed the pizza. But didn't we see George enjoying pizza at the cricket like, a couple of yeah, weeks yeah. back in the summer? Well, community, what's your favourite topping? Because I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm always a veggie pizza. Always. Yeah. Pizza's not my favourite thing. It's not my favourite. Oh. Like A few times we've eaten to like, Pizza Express or wherever. I've had a salad, haven't I, Rach? <laughs> we can't mention Pizza Express. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> At least it wasn't in Woken. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I didn't even put that together. Oh, goodness me. So just a little note, the the Wales children now are on half-term break. So we actually don't think we're going to see them over the next week or so. It might be a bit quiet. And also, Shell, did you notice that on the Royal Circular, the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester were penciled in for the 8th of December, which Royal Community is my birthday. Hey! <laughs> for the Christmas carol service, the Christmas yeah. concert. Now, this hasn't been officially announced. And obviously, there was a big 
for Raw on Twitter, everybody saying, oh, yeah, it's coming back, it's coming back. And then the post was taken down because I think they thought, oh, actually, this hasn't been officially announced yeah. yet. To be honest, we assumed that it might be more of an annual thing. And because it was so popular the first time, it was lovely to watch out on Christmas Eve. I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad they are bringing it back, even though it's unofficially bringing it back. But <laughs> yeah. it's kind of official. <laughs> Now, I want to just mention really quickly, I just saw the most beautiful collection of royal coins that have been unveiled this week. And I thought I'd mention it because we've sp- spoken about the king's head being on the coins and whatever. When are they come in? But actually, they've been unveiled this week. The new look coins will be in production and they replace the 2008 shield formation design with the queen's head on them. Have you seen these coins, Rach? Yeah, I really like them. And they stand towards the king's passions, don't they? And what his interests are. Totally. So the design is simple and contemporary and they've got the numbers really clearly marked on each one. And apparently it's designed to help children learn how to count and identify numbers more easily. And each of the designs have a flora or animal connection from different parts of the UK which connects to the king's love of nature and the countryside. So we've got, I know some. I know in America, they don't have many coins, do they? They have mostly notes, but here we've got quite a few coins. So oh, I we've don't got know. A- when I was on holiday in America, that's all I had was blooming coins. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, please take my change. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a one pence coin, which has got a, the new ones now, got a hazel dormouse on. The two pence coin got a red squirrel on it. The five pence coin got the oak leaf on. The ten pence coin got the capercaillie, which is an endangered Scottish grouse on it. The twenty pence coin got the puffin. Fifty pence coin got the Atlantic salmon. The one pound coin got the two bees. And the two pound coin has got all the national flowers. That's the daffodil for Wales, shamrock for Northern Ireland, thistle for Scotland, and the rose for England. I absolutely loved all of these coins. My favourite was the two Bs. I just thought that one pound coin is just so lovely. It's got to be weird having the king's head on it, Rachel. When yeah. I have one in my hand, I'm going to freak out. I think I'm going to scream the first time I grab one. I've said, show. I've still not physically seen a coin or a note yet in production. I've not held one. I know some people have, yeah. but I've not seen one yet. I was listening to a podcast. I'll put it in the show notes if you want to listen to it. But they were basically saying they've got a massive surplus of coins and notes of the queen, which they need to use at first before the king. So they won't actually be fully in rotation until... Um, 2024 to 25 so we might be waiting a while but i will say this on the edge of the coins there's latin writing that says in servito omnium my apologies i don't speak latin who does speak latin these days (laughs) anyway which means in service for all which again is the ethos of the king really isn't it oh yes so that was a lovely royal roundup quite a lot going on and now we've got the royal news shell shall we head on over let's go On Wednesday evening, the King and Queen Camilla attended a dinner at Mansion House in London. The King participated in a ceremony that traditionally takes place when a new monarch first visits the City of London. Now, this is a tradition which began in 1689 with King William III. And this is where the Lord Mayor of the city presents the new monarch with the pearl sword, which is thought to have been presented to the City of London by Queen Elizabeth I in 1571. Sounds like Queen Elizabeth I loved the sword. She's given <laughs> to everyone. She loved a sword. Yeah, she did. Now, Shell, 
Shell, we had a tiara moment. It's a tiara. Tiara moment. Not just any old tiara though. She debuted the Girls of Great Britain and Ireland tiara for the first time. Mm. Now, Royal Community, this was a wedding gift to Queen Mary in 1893 and was then gifted to Queen Elizabeth II for her wedding in 1947. She also wore Queen Elizabeth II's South African diamond necklace and bracelet and her Order of the Garter Star. Now, I, for one, was like, thank you that it's a different tiara. Yes. But then there was the flip side of that where people were saying the Queen wore that quite a lot, didn't she? Queen Elizabeth II. And it was quite jarring for some people that they saw that on Camilla because a lot of people had earmarked that for Catherine. I personally think, and I think we have said this before, Shell, is that tiara, as we said, was for Queen Mary, then it went to Queen Elizabeth II and now Queen Camilla. I think we will eventually see Catherine wearing that tiara, but I don't think it will be until she is Queen. Oh, absolutely. It it definitely is a queen tiara. And I think it's one of those really jarring moments where we have to take into consideration and accept that Queen Camilla is queen and she has every right to wear that tiara. I found it quite jarring seeing uh, Camilla wearing that. And I know for a long time, Royal Community, I've been saying, oh my gosh, she's been wearing the same one. You know, the tiara, we've always seen this Deli Dunbar tiara so many times. I change it up, change it up. And then she changed it up. And I was like, ooh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, I just was like, wow, it's a tiara. Because I wasn't even expecting it. Now, don't you think it's ironic that there was no tiaras for the actual coronation, but there was a tiara worn for a dinner for the coronation? (laughs) So, Royal Community, hold on to your hats. I've got a real issue with this whole thing. I listened to the banqueting speech that the king gave. It was just word salad. It it just was his speech, and I hate to say it, but his speech was just full of fluff. There was no substance to it. He made a joke, actually, about his fountain pen and British (laughs) humour, which I did find funny. But apart from that, it was just like, we just need to work together. And it just felt too posh for me. It just felt really stuffy and pompous. And they were just doing it because it's tradition rather than doing it because it had any meaning to us right now. So I'm sure they had a lovely time. I agree with you. It felt really counterintuitive to have a tiara moment, but not to have a tiara moment with everyone at the coronation. But then maybe they are different things. Yeah, I tell you the one thing actually that got me even more than the tiara, because again, although I do associate that with a queen rather than just Queen Elizabeth, it was more the fact that she wore her um, South African diamond necklace from her 21st birthday. Because that's so personal, isn't it? Mm. And again, I know those belong to the Queen now. She's got those at her disposal. I think it was just a bit too early for me. I know it's like over a year, but I was like... But, Shell, oh. how, but how long have we been saying, bring the jewels out of the royal vault? Yeah, and but so, not those ju- jewels. Yeah, but what else are you going to bring out? Because oh, everything... in there, Rach. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you're going to have royal jewellery be worn by Queen Camilla, every piece of jewellery that she's going to be wearing would at some point be worn by Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, I agree with you. However, that is a birthday present for her. You know, it's not in the Queen Mary vault of jewellery that's passed down the Queen Elizabeth's worn or Queen Elizabeth, uh, the Queen Mother wore. It, to me personally, that was more of a, oh, okay, she's wearing Queen Elizabeth's jewellery than actually she's wearing jewellery that belongs to the Queen and is rightfully hers. I know it's rightfully hers, but it just felt weird to me. Like, no, there's so much in that vault 
I think that's too close to the bone for me. I think as well, what's interesting when you're talking about royal jewellery, because, you know, even jewellery that we wear, you have sentimental pieces, right? And so we don't know, royal community, if those pieces were gifted from Queen Elizabeth II to Camilla or in her will that she said these can be used by any member of the royal family or this can go into the royal collection to be used further down the line. We'll never know that. We'll never know what pieces of jewellery have those annotations to certain members of the family. I think it was lovely. I totally get what you're saying, but I think bring it on. Like I want to see the jewels. If you're not going to bring it out for certain occasions, then when are you? And I get the gripe about the tiara because a lot of people were saying, oh my gosh, I just wanted Catherine to wear it. You know, rural community, when we have the Korean state visit coming up, it's going to be the same tiara. I'm sorry to say it, but it just is. Mm -hmm. It's so boring now, but I'm glad actually that Camilla wore something new to her wearing it because I was like, yes, this is what I want to see. Mm. Like, I want to see all the jewels. That's what I want. Although we haven't mentioned one piece of jewellery, which was my absolute favourite, Queen Camilla's earrings. Those earrings were magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. And now thinking about it, because it was a celebration of their coronation within the City of London, it might possibly have been that Queen Camilla wanted to honour the Queen and her, I don't know, her vow that she was to, you know, serve her country and the Commonwealth until she died. And that connects to then the South African diamond necklace and bracelet that she got on her birthday. Do you see what I mean? So I'm trying to connect it, but I still, personally myself, I wouldn't have worn that there. But that's my own personal opinion on it. I actually will say I loved the whole ensemble on Camilla. I thought it looked lovely. And this isn't about Camilla. This is just about, for me, it's the sentimentality, I guess, behind it. And I think it will be interesting when they go on the state visit to Kenya, what jewels come out then at that state visit, because there's controversy surrounding certain pieces of jewellery. Totally. As a royal community member, it's been quite interesting to see and to hear other people's opinions of what they thought about Queen Camilla, because everyone did have a very different response to it. And obviously, you and I have had a different response. So royal community, what is your response? Were you happy that Queen Camilla wore the tiara, wore the necklace, wore the bracelet? Or was it a bit too soon? Or do you think they belong to her now she gets to do whatever she wants with it? I just think there's so much we don't know. There's so many different items in that vault that we haven't seen for ages. Just get them on. Get it on whilst you're just, you know, throwing some hoops, Catherine. Just do it. (laughs) Get some jewels on. Right. So we mentioned at the top of the show that we're going to be talking about the royal family's response to the Israeli conflict. And that's something we're going to go into now. If that's something that's quite sensitive to you, please feel free to stop the podcast now and we will see you next week. Um, but yeah, right, just get on to chatting about this. What has been the response from the royal family? A spokesperson for the Prince and Princess of Wales released a statement and in this statement it said that they are profoundly distressed by the devastating events that have unfolded in the past days. The horrors inflicted by Hamas's a terrorist attack upon Israel are appalling. They utterly condemn them. As Israel exercises its rights of self-defence, all Israelites and Palestines will continue to be stalked by grief, fear and anger in the time to come. Their royal highnesses hold all the victims, their families and their friends in their hearts and minds. Those the Prince of Wales met in 2018 overwhelmingly shared a common hope, that of a better future. In the midst of such terrible suffering, the Prince and Princess continue to share 
that's hope without reservation. Yeah, so we had that statement. And then I think it was the day after, wasn't it? We heard from a spokesperson at Buckingham Palace saying that this is a situation His Majesty is extremely concerned about and he is asked to be kept actively updated. His thoughts and prayers are with all of those who have lost loved ones, but also those actively involved as we speak. His Majesty is appalled and condemned the barbaric attacks of terrorism in Israel. We also saw this week that the king held a private audience with Chief Rabbi Sir Ifram Maris, my apologies if I've mispronounced that, to discuss ways to support interfaith harmony in the UK. And that has been a big deal within the UK right now, Rach, because Jewish schools, Muslim schools, they have all been provided just in case anything happens in retaliation to the conflicts. Yeah, it's it's quite a sensitive subject, isn't it, Shell? Because... You know, we're here to provide light entertainment, but it's it's so hard when we know this is going on as well. It has. And I, I will say, Rach, the coverage that I've seen, I've cried on numerous occasions watching it. I mean, President Biden was there yesterday. We're recording this on Thursday, Royal Community, just so you know. So a lot has happened since these statements were put out. It's interesting that King Charles didn't put out an official statement. Do you think an official statement is needed? Well, I just think the way it's been handled, not so I I had several people on Instagram reach out because at that point there was nothing, there was no mention of it from the royal family at all. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, first of all, the government has to make a statement and then it would normally be the king and then the prince and princess of Wales. So I was very confused as to why William and Catherine's statement was released And then this spokesperson from Buckingham Palace came out the day after. Mm. I was just like, and maybe it's because they are two separate camps that, but that Kensington Palace thought, hang on, Buckingham Palace haven't said anything yet. So we need to say something. I don't know. But this is a big thing, Rach, isn't it? For them not to communicate in that. There's normally such a hierarchy to these things. We, you know, they the king can't make any sort of statement until the government has officially made one. That's mm-hmm. a given. But considering that there has been no official statement that it's come from a spokesperson, I know obviously the king can't really get involved in politics, but by going through a spokesperson, he's already become involved. So why not just release a statement saying that? I, I just, I really don't understand the reasoning for it. And also as well, who is this spokesperson? How did we get this information? Who, do you see what I mean? I'm not saying this unofficial or anything. I'm saying that it just seems for something so serious and it affects so many people. I think it was important maybe that it wasn't a spokesperson. But then also, I don't ever have any qualms with the length of time it took for us to hear anything. Because like you said, there is a process there. The king has to go with what the government decides. And at that point, they hadn't really done anything or spoken out yet. So we had to wait on that. But the first time we heard was from Kensington Palace, which is so different. It does seem very unprecedented. The Kensington Palace would talk about that way before Buckingham Palace on such an important uh, conversation. Yeah, absolutely. As this is ongoing, 
again, we send our love to everybody who is affected by this conflict in the royal community. Please know that we'll keep you up to date. But again, please use us for lighthearted entertainment at any point you need a break. Uh, we'll always be there on Instagram for you. Send us an email, keepingupwiththewindsorspod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, if it gives you a little bit of light relief to chat about royal family and get your mind off things, please use us for that. We are here to support you. Sending you lots of love. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week on Keeping Keeping Up With The Windsors. Windsors.